your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM on a Monday. And if you're watching on Facebook Live, that's not me. That's Grant Bills. And if you listen to WKTY, or if you have in the past, or if you listen to our show on Fridays, a lot of times we do Through the Wall segment, WKTY's Through the Wall segment with Wisdom, with Grant Bills, the Wisco Sports Show host. Hi, Grant. Are you there? I, I am, Rick. Okay, we're testing this out. So I'm in another room. <laughs> we're social distancing. Uh, like like a lot of uh, our other stations, we have figured this out, too. And, and just... This will be. This will take a little bit, a little bit of time to get used to. Because now I'm just sitting in front of a computer. I don't have any work to do, aside from talk to myself. So I'm really self conscious about. Oh, I'm now I'm just talking to myself. But it'll be it'll be interesting. And uh, at least now though, I can have I have Grant to talk to. So that's nice. Thanks, Grant. I'm I'm happy to be here. If we're doing social distancing at work, does that make it like professional distancing? Is it still social or is there another name for distancing at that, work? That is a good point. I guess it would be professional distancing and then we're no longer eligible to be NCAA athletes. I guess not. At the uh, social distancing Olympics. That's a good point, man. I, that's something I got to keep in mind. I still have a lot of years of eligibility, so that's something I need to be cognizant of. Later on the show, in about, oh, where's the clock here? Okay, in about eight minutes, seven minutes, just clicked over. Megan, Megan Meller, Gunderson Health System infection preventionist. She, she, uh, she said to me earlier, she's like, not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm a scientist. So she'll be on with us in about seven minutes to talk about all the things that happened over the weekend. Grant, are you able to run away from COVID-19 in terms of just, is there is there an escape from this during the weekend, or do you or do you consume it all weekend as as well as all week long? I well, doing a sports show. If if I'm gonna like, so for example, during the Brewers season, like I'm gonna watch every Brewers game. But if I ever like take a night off, it's normally Friday or Saturday because I can watch on Sunday and I can get back into the swing of things for Monday. So like I kind of approach this the same way, I guess. I tried this weekend a little bit on Friday and on Saturday to just turn it off a little bit. Obviously you want to stay informed because I want to know that I'm taking the, the proper steps and the proper precautions because we all kind of need to be pulling in the same direction. So I, I kept myself in the loop, but I didn't like read and I didn't pay attention to the same level I normally would during the week. And I like, I had a fun weekend. There was always a little bit of concern. Like it, it's kind of like a dark cloud over everyone right now, even when you're having fun. Uh, it, there's always that thought of a pandemic in the back of your mind, but I thought unplugging a little bit this weekend was nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the the idea of just running away. And I said this last Friday on the show because Jen Rabalski, the health department, the director of the Lacrosse County Health Department, every day she's at two thirty, she's doing a, a an update on Facebook Live and for the media. Drew was there today. Drew did mention too Drew Kelly in WIZM newsroom. He's not literally there, but he uh, he's remote working too. But he says they take his temperature every day when they go into the the media center. So I thought that was interesting, um, just to make sure he's not running a high fever and having a little COVID epidemic into the uh, media area and, and getting our health our county health department director, you know, diseased if he went went in there and coughed on everyone. But he he got the update from Jim Robalski today, as well as well as everyone who who was watching their their feed. But uh, so we'll go over that stuff a little bit later in the show. And I guess with with Grant in here and, and talking about running away from the virus over the weekend, I was also talking and we'll do this way later in the show. But just t- talking about how how 
how quarantine life has has maybe run amok in our minds and how much how many weird thoughts we have going through our minds. I started a thread on my Facebook wall, I guess. Are we calling it a wall anymore, Grant? Is it a Facebook wall or what are we doing? Your Facebook page? My I face- don't know. On your Facebook. I think that just yeah, works. That's generic. My personal Facebook feed. And I just started a, you know, deep thoughts. Remember that? Saturday Night Live's Get Deep Thoughts with Jack Andy. Well, just kind of like a quarantine thoughts with, you know, LaCrosse County and beyond. But uh, a couple of good just what people are thinking about as they're quarantined. But on the flip side... Quarantine life, not all that different from everyday life, at least for me. I've been training for this my uh, maybe for a decade. I'm not, I'm not a big bar person. I'm not really going out. I walk my dog. I we we live pretty in a pretty rural area. You know, I have neighbors, but you know, don't really have to see them if I don't want to. And if, even if I do, it can easily be not six feet next to them and not getting coughed on by them. But uh, life not not a ton different, but for but I'm also lucky enough to be at work and being getting a paycheck. Very fortunate to be doing that. Other people, that's not the case. They're a maybe laid off, maybe just just home from work because they can't be there, or maybe working from home. But on the flip side, they also you guys might also have kids at home that you're dealing with. So a lot of other people's lives maybe flipped upside down on this. And, and we could talk about, you know, if you guys want to text in 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf forward talking text line, and just give me your deep quarantine thoughts. That'll be, I think that'll be super funny. Uh, hopefully maybe it'll be dark and deep and dark. Um, but uh, yeah, Megan Beller, we're going to talk to her in just a minute. Uh, Gunderson health system, infection preventionist, kind of a funky phrase to say, but if you have questions for her, if you have questions for somebody, an expert in infection, infection prevention, shoot me a text, 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. And I've got a couple of questions queued up, some a little out of some, – some just from what I'm seeing on social media from friends that may or may not have this virus and what to do and – and then just some numbers Mayon Gunderson has given me as well. So, all right, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Drew with the news coming up. We're working on getting Megan Meller on the phone. I believe we're trying to call. Yeah, we're getting, I'm getting a busy signal right now. She's a very busy person with, you know, a whole pandemic thing, public health issue. That's kind of her specialty. So I'm sure she's very in demand. I'll keep trying, though. Yes. Hopefully we can get her. What's funny is me and uh, Megan and I are texting each other that we're trying to call. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But Megan Meller, if we do get her, infectious specialist at Gunderson Health System. So what I learned today in so the lacrosse no not the lacrosse county the state of wisconsin shares their covid-19 updates each day a lot like the lacrosse county health department and what the state of wisconsin shares is a little bit different than what the county shares and i'm just going to go find that so and grant you can just tell me if and when we get megan on here so the, the state of Wisconsin shared today 15,856 negative test results for COVID-19. So if you want to follow this page, Wisconsin Department of Health Services on Facebook. Of those 15,856 negative tests, on top of that, there were 1,221 positive tests here in the state. And with those, there were 14 deaths. So that's where we're at statewide. And what I... What I wanted to know, because the La Crosse County Health Department shares a little bit different update, and I gotta, I gotta get that on my 
Facebook page here. I should I, I have two screens now and nothing else to do, so I should have all these up. But the Lacrosse County Health Department, who does a uh, press conference at two thirty p.m. and anyone can watch it. It's on Facebook Live, so anyone can watch it. You can submit questions. Uh, during the video, you can watch it on our Wisdom Facebook page as well. We broadcast oh, it live right. too. We started that today. I should be uh, promoting that. So what's cool is you can ask questions on there too, and and uh, you know Drew will ask him for you. Drew will ask him for you in person, possibly if he's paying attention. Um, but what the Lacrosse County Health Department shares is, and they, I'll just give you the update. Of what happened today at three thirty p.m. Total cases in Lacrosse County seventeen. So we jumped one. We had sixteen, I believe, yesterday. No new updates from Saturday and new cases in La Crosse County. So we're up one. Hospitalized in La Crosse County. This is new. We have one now. We now have one person hospitalized. And we also, what the state isn't sharing is we have nine recovered. I, th- I don't think the state, maybe the state does two things. I don't. Yeah. So we have nine recovered in La Crosse County. So that's a cool number that. The state isn't sharing, and maybe you know, maybe it's too hard to coordinate every hospital in the state to figure out how many people have recovered. That would be a difficult thing. But in La Crosse County, we can easily do this. Maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't say easily. Might be a little harder than that. But uh, so we have we of the seventeen cases in La Crosse County, nine of them recovered. So we have eight still quarantined, and one of those eight people, I believe, is a a woman in her seventies. She has been hospitalized. So that's where we're at, and. I just I, I kind of wish the state would was would do that would offer how many people recovered but also I wish the county would tell us how many people have been tested. And that number doesn't come up because the county can go to Mayo and can go to Gunderson and figure out how many people have been tested. But what they can't do is figure out how many people have been tested how many people have been tested in just the county. So I'm going to, and we're going to try to get Megan Meller on here. Seven, nine, let me send her. I'm shooting her a text too. I'm getting a busy signal. So maybe she's on the phone. <laughs> maybe she's reporting important news I or know. recording. Important I, I news. sent her. So Grant, you might get a, a call on that number. So hang up that hotline. If it's not, if you're I, not, I think we got her right now. Oh, I'll patch cool. her through to you, so, Rick. All right. Megan Meller Gunderson, infection specialist. Megan, are you there? I am here. Hey, hey all right. So we, we've got uh, three different people in three different places. We've we figured it out. Um, Megan, how long have you been at Gunderson? I've been at Gunderson for about two and a half years. Two and a half years. And are you are you somebody that has, is right out of college, or have you been doing this other places for a while? I've been actually right out of grad school. Okay, so grad school for about six years. Okay, so so you're two years into this job, and then a pandemic happens. What? How? How does that go over for somebody that's, I guess, relatively new into this? Uh, you know, into this job. You know, it's a once in a lifetime experience, and I hope I never to. You know, so you know, I guess I'd rather get it done early. Um, but no, it's actually you know, in the scheme of things, not too bad. Just because a lot of my training, especially going through my public health degree in grad school, really kind of talked about what's critical during a pandemic. And what's critical is really your infrastructure, so your healthcare system, your police departments and all of that. And so I think between my trainings and what I learned on the job, just, you know, everything kind of makes sense and it's falling into place. Cool. Um, so when dealing with the with everything that's going on, I guess I got a couple of questions for you. I didn't, 
we, we talked a little bit before before the show, but what a new question I have. Um, Gunnarsson and Mayo, are they? Tr- are you guys? You know, and you don't have to speak for Mayo. You can speak for Gunnarsson. Are you transferring doctors um, from other departments to help treat patients, or you, there's, is there a plan in place to do that, or other hospitals elsewhere asking, "Hey, Gunnarsson, can you send us some doctors, maybe in Madison, because we need help." So, to my knowledge, those conversations haven't been happening yet, but that doesn't mean it's not on the table for the future. You know, we're we're trying to think, you know, a week out, two weeks out, we're looking at the recommendations coming from organizations. So we we knew for a while that we'd have to cancel elective procedures, you know, or, like, non-essential clinic appointments. And so, you know, that looking at it in terms of providers and having is all part of, I think, the future discussion to try to determine, you know, what do we need, you know, a few weeks from now. Okay. Um, on top of that, everyone, uh, I see a lot of Facebook posts. I have, I actually have a couple of friends who are sewers. So they're always, and there's a sewing group, like a Cooley region sewing group. So they're, they're sewing masks and donating, maybe not. And I know Gunderson last week said they, they're looking for certain donations. Um, is that also to gear up for the inevitable or are we at a place where we're short on certain things? Not necessarily mass, but maybe in general, are we short on anything, you know, when it comes to supplies? You know, I think we're in, a, in the same boat as many healthcare organizations are where, you know, you have enough, but then when things start getting back ordered, it's hard to order, you know, it's hard for those companies to fill your orders. And so, you know, we're definitely looking at other, like, so disinfectants, instead of using our standard disinfectant, looking at bleach dilutions. But then we're also looking at building up the stock supply that, so that way we're set for, you know, three months out. And so this is where, you know, help from the, you know, the community can really help us out. As if, you know, if they're willing to donate, you know, whether it's hand gel or masks or N95 respirators, you know, all sorts of that are are helpful. Even, you know, sewing masks, which, you know, we're going to make, we're making available to visitors so they want to wear a mask. And so, you know, it's, I think it's important that, you know, at, during a pandemic and also people, you know, want to feel needed and they want to try to help in, in, in any which way they can. This is a really good way that they can help. Now, I learned today that Gunderson and Mayo are testing about 40 to 50 people a day. But can you just walk us through somebody's starting to feel, you know, even if they're a hypochondriac where they, they think they start to feel symptoms, can you just walk us through what somebody would need to do when, when they start to maybe think they have uh, something? Do they, who, what, what happens next? I think the best part, the best thing I would recommend is if your symptoms are mild enough, you don't feel like you need to be seen, but, you know, maybe you are experiencing the tightness of trust, it would be just to call your primary care provider. Gunton also offers virtual visits, so you can still get that that medical attention, but in the comfort of your own home. And that's a really great resource for those again who have a very mild symptoms. Um, you know, beyond that, if you you know if you're experiencing a shortness of breath and you're you're really struggling, that is a good time you know to call ahead. So, calling ahead to our telephone nurse advisors to get their recommendations. You know, if it's if, again mild, they might send you to the our drive-up testing site, but they could also, you know, recommend that you be seen in the, in the emergency department or urgent care. Yeah, I think uh, you guys, it, maybe you don't know this, but I guess I've heard that there's been some problems where people have think they have symptoms or have symptoms and just drive to the where wherever they're doing the drive-up tests, and that's not how this works because the tests are limited, right? But, you know, tests are limited, and we want to really maintain, like, we've expanded our testing quite a bit within the past two weeks alone. Because you know we're getting more resources in, but we still want to try to make sure that we're capturing our most vulnerable population. So those, um, and group homes, nursing homes, um, and also those 
who are serving on our front lines, so our firefighters, our police officers, you know, our health care workers, making sure they're capturing all of that and then addressing those with underlying health conditions that might make them more susceptible to severe illness. And so in an ideal state, we'd be testing everybody that we could, even those without symptoms. But unfortunately, we're not quite there yet. Okay. And then, um, I, so I had a friend who, who said he had pretty pretty severe symptoms. He had a temperature of 100 degrees, and I was talking to you about this before. Um, mm-hmm. so, and he had some other symptoms, but he didn't seek help. He didn't tell anyone. I don't even know if he has an health insurance, so he might be afraid. So there's there's that problem, too. You Maybe you're afraid to go get tested because then you would have to get treated, and if you don't have health insurance, um, that's that's a little scary. But um, he, is, he has since passed through it. So I guess uh, once you ha- – maybe is, – is it important to – if you get severe symptoms to tell somebody because we're still trying to track this thing? Absolutely. You know, I even heard earlier last week that – you know, even if it's just calling the health department to give them a heads up, sometimes that's enough, you know, because they'll be able to kind of help, help you make the decision or at least note that you, you have the right symptoms. But in terms of someone who is afraid to get tested because they don't have health insurance, you know, I think, you know, we've come a long way these past few weeks to make sure that everyone who, you know, who needs to get tested can get tested and they don't have to worry about that fee. And so while, you know, I recommend checking with your insurance company because I think some of that stuff isn't in, is in loops. But from what I've heard is, for those that are either uninsured or underinsured, that the cost of the test, there's no charge to it. Okay, and then beyond that, I don't want to get into a, a, a political game with, uh, you know, when somebody actually has the virus and, and maybe needs to be hospitalized. But I did see a, another post from a from a, a rather large group in La, La Crosse County that said, uh, you know, the, the data, what data do we need to see before we lift the stay-at-home order? At least, could we be less stringent? standard so get to a less stringent standard sometime soon perhaps we could start with allowing groups of 25 people and allowing businesses to reopen our state will quickly be bankrupt if we wait too long to get people back to work um is there anything wrong with thinking like that or what do you think i think we i mean we talked about this too earlier about i think we you know this is so foreign to us and so we we're really looking for that immediate gratification and unfortunately, that's not going to happen. You know, we really need at least a month of, of social distancing. So the virus spreads on average two and a half people per one infection. So if you have a group of 25, suddenly you have the potential to infect a lot of people, you know, thinking how many they're going to infect. And knowing that you, it might be 14 days before you show symptoms, that's a, you know, that's a long time. And so that's why having the, the month out is it really a way to stop that virus in the tracks? So if you're not coming across people, then you're not infecting them. And then the virus has essentially nowhere to go. It's a dead end. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to create is dead end hosts, essentially. Yeah, and I would argue, like, at this point, you know, we were at 17 cases. We're getting, like, one or maybe one or two a day. I know we had a jump of five twice so far in the last, what, has it been a week or two weeks? Everything is running together. You know, it is. And I also want to caution, you know, basing everything off of test results, because those are the, you know, those are the confirmed cases we've my guess is that if there's more cases in the community, but they're mild enough, and so they're not getting tested, yeah, or they're asymptomatic, and so they're not getting tested. So I always take that number, that confirmed number, with a grain of salt. Okay, that makes sense. And then, yeah, with this, you know, like, hey, can we start reopening businesses? My thought is, you know, we're we're a week or two into this thing. We're maybe at the halfway point of of like, you know, really like leveling the curve. We can't just start, oh, like, let's start opening businesses now. No, we we got to wait just a little bit longer. We're actually doing a really good job in La Crosse County, right, of, of keeping this at bay? 
Yeah, we are. We, and we want to keep doing that again. You want to get over that hump. And, you know, I know people are, you know, they're, they're thinking about the businesses, they're thinking about the economy, but think about how worse the economy is if suddenly you have half a lacrosse needing hospitalization and, you know, what that would look like to our economy. And so, if, and I think that outcome is a lot grimmer than if we just kind of stay, you know, stay put, you know, and, you know, like, so we can still go to the grocery store, you know, we can still order takeout from our favorite place if it's still open, you know, we still have that option. We just can't sit down and dine. And so if you take that mindset of, you know, I'm going to stay home, but I'm still going to support these local businesses, that's going to be better for the businesses long-term than, you know, having something where all of a sudden the whole city has to shut down because of, because it's we're experiencing a New York New York City like um, scenario. Yeah, I'm very much against food pics on social media, Instagram, Facebook. I always say, come on, you could do better. At least show a picture of you eating the food. But now more than ever, those businesses want you to tag them in the food pics of, uh, of the stuff that you're ordering out. I guess. Yeah, you know, support them. Get takeout. Get you know, gift certificates for later. You know, I think anything you know to help support these businesses is, is you know welcomed. Um, last question, Megan. This is a this is a softball right here. I'm underhanding it to you. What's the what's the coolest thing that maybe a business has done for uh, you guys at Gunderson? So we've had so last Friday. I don't know if it was a business, but it was an anonymous community donor donated lunch to our tire infection control and quality teams as we've been working kind of around the clock to make sure that we have plans in place so our frontline staff are protected. And, you know, that meant a lot. Okay, and then uh, one more. If uh, if somebody else wanted to do that, what where how would they what what would be the best thing to help healthcare workers right now you know if they wanted to you know just like somebody like me that like what can i do to help you guys out you know we've had also people inquiring well can they donate food and i would again direct them to our medical foundation who's fielding all of that but you know anything is appreciated we've even we're finding people are even taking chalk and writing notes on our employee entrances you now to kind of be able to make you know spread some happiness and all you know all of that is seen and all of that is appreciated yeah the little things i was thinking like you know like 10 pizzas from from topper shows up you know what do we have to have it delivered at a certain area or will it get dispersed evenly amongst all you guys um i you know i wish i knew more specifics (laughs) and i don't um but i think if you at least started by place you know calling the foundation and saying hey this is something i'd like to do yeah. They would definitely help you execute it. You're telling me the infectious infection preventionist doesn't know uh, where to send the pizza? <laughs> I wish I knew where to send the pizza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Megan Meller, Gunderson Health Systems, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks again for having me. All right. We're a little late. We're going to hit Scott's comment the news. We'll be back after this right here on Wisdom. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. If you want to get in here, 608. 608- 785-7914, the Sugarloaf Ford talk and text line. I'm getting a couple of texts here from a couple of people. Let me see here. I got to go up from Julie. Please, please, please ask families to stay home if at all possible, going to stores or for necessities. Keep families safe for mine who work there. I know people are bored, but please send one person, go with a list, and then go home. Be considerate of others. Yeah. Uh, somebody brought that up to me a couple weeks ago, Grant, the idea of, uh, you know, you got, you got a, a roommate or a girlfriend and, you know, like you're, you're socially distancing together, but yeah. then you also go together to the store. And that's actually uh, a, little bit, a, a little bit of a no-no because you're just doubling up the, <laughs> the, uh, 
percentage of your ability to pick up whatever, you know, COVID-19 in, in whatever store you're going to? Well, I think like our current situation with this idea of social distancing is at least as it pertains to shopping, like th- this is a time more so than ever, I think, to, to be efficient, to be organized. Like if you're going to go to the store, make it worth your while before you leave, like list out everything you could need. Think about it a little bit like this probably isn't the time to just go to the grocery store and to just grab what you think you need. Like before you leave, be organized, take a list. OK, I want to make this meal, this meal, this meal. That way you don't go shopping on Sunday and Wednesday rolls around and you're out of food, even though you were just at the store like that happens to me all the time. And that's fine. That's my own problem. But when we're living in a pandemic, you want to be a little bit more buttoned up. So maybe that's a good way during these tough times, like actually make a grocery list. Like, I know I'm not organized enough to ever do it, but this is probably the time to start for people like me. So yeah, a good, good time to, to get organized. It's a good time to make that a habit. And also in general, you probably should be making grocery lists. I mean, the way we all shop is, all right, well, I'm done with work. I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to go to the grocery store and buy all the food because I'm shopping hungry. And, and, and uh, the, you know, that isn't the way to go. But now we're in a pandemic. So, A, don't shop hungry. And then, B, write a list out. And only get what's on the list and try not to browse too much. Um, also, we're not trying to tell you what to do. But that's just kind of what's recommended to keep everyone safe. It is, it is, you know, the way Julie puts this text, too. It sounds like she has somebody that maybe works at a grocery store at a store that, that is still serving people coming in and out. So, I mean, thank thank you to you know people at, you know at all the healthcare systems who are working right now uh, on the front line, so to speak. But also all those people at you know the grocery stores and all the other stores that are still open, taking customers walking through their stores. You know, you got to really appreciate those people. And it's funny to see how important those people are. The people that are likely making the least amount of money at those stores are still you know, working every day in and out, uh, watching people go in and out of their store and, and putting their, you know, their health at risk. Um, th- I want to change the tune just a little bit, Grant, and you can, you can chime in here as, as, as I'm, as we, as we discuss more and more over social media, as we discuss, as we converse, I should say. Sure. And we, we look at social media posts and this is how we're communicating more and more because we're social distancing. One of my friends, Pete, put on put just he just posted. I think it was a comment on another guy's post. So you're really getting deep here as I'm looking at comment threads. But he goes, "I'm just trying to figure out how one bag of chocolate chips has 654 chips in it, and the other only has 637." And it's just kind of it sparked my my interest in. in and obviously, we know that chocolate chips are weighed and not counted. So come on, Pete, you got to be better than that. But the idea that what are some of your your more interesting deep thoughts? I had I had a couple. Do you have one off the top of your head, Grant, or do you want me to yeah. give you mine? D- do you want to know what I did today? This <laughs> okay. I think this perfectly fits this category. So I've been watching Narcos on Netflix. Okay. Have you seen, have you seen Narcos before? No, and this will be a whole other show. Is when we when we go. What what are you watching? Give our and recommendations. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I want the the community to text me all their their best binge watches. But yeah, go ahead. I, so I was, I'm watching Net or uh, Narcos. The first two seasons are about Pablo Escobar, like how he came to be, and then how he was captured. And then the third season is about a different cartel. So that's what I'm watching right now. But I was just killing boredom today and I was like reading stuff about Pablo Escobar and I looked at news. I'm like, he, you know, was killed almost 30 years ago. Sorry, spoiler alert. Like, how is there news? And I click on it and all of these like legitimate news sources within the last 24 hours had all published a story about how the hippos that Pablo Escobar brought into the country because at his estate um, at Hacienda Napolis, he had all these he had giraffes and zebras and flamingos just because he had that much money. Why not? Well, it turns out these hippos are like actually they've like they've 
gotten hold and they're like naturally are thriving and they've have generations of hippos and they're actually like good for the environment because these hippos are filling the role that like megafauna did centuries ago, you know, like the same role that woolly mammoths or giant sloths would play in the landscape and how, you know, root, like roots and stuff were, were uprooted and how grass grow, like the natural yeah. processes, right? Oh, These hippos are like fixing the environment in Colombia. And <laughs> it was a story gonna... about Pablo Escobar and I stumbled onto it today of all, of all days. I thought you were going to go the hip. I thought I read that similar, but I thought the hippos were actually an invasive species. Oh, they are. The opposite. They yep. were, they, so it was, they weren't harming the environment. They're actually helping out playing a role that of something that has gone since ex- extinct over there. Yeah. Well, that was part of the article is they're like, well, they are invasive, but in this case, they're doing something good because a lot of people see invasive species and they think negative. Well, that's not always the case as is with Pablo Escobar's hippos. So that's how I was killing boredom today. That's about as random as it gets. So I think that falls right in line with the chocolate chip counting that you were talking this about. This is how politicians get in, in trouble is maybe they'll bring that up and then they'll go, thanks Pablo Escobar for that. And then, Oh, you know, (laughs) so-and-so politician in, in favor of Pablo Escobar. Seriously. You know, something, um, I'm just going to read a couple of my friends in this, in this Facebook thread. Uh, my friend Angie said, I'd love to know why we call a pickled cucumber just a pickle, but anything else that's pickled, you say pickled and the object. I like pickled eggs. Bartender always looks at me funny when I ask for extra pickled cucumbers. So another one of those deep thoughts. Um, And then uh, another person in post. And if you guys want to shoot me your deep quarantine thoughts, 608-785-7914. Somebody did text in a a picture. And it's – I can't – I don't know if I want to read – you would have to see the picture. It's a little bit inappropriate, but it has to do with peeling potatoes. And um, that's all I'm going to say about that. But uh, is number three still there, Grant? Number three dropped off, but we do have Eric from Sparta. Okay, Eric from Sparta, you're you can uh, you're on the air. Eric, go ahead. Are you going to take any calls today, or just all you? All right, thanks yeah. for the call, oh, Eric. Um, yeah, that was the call. Thanks, uh, Eric. We're 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 working the kinks out here. So Eric's Eric is doing. Eric was on the line for like fifteen seconds. Yeah, right. He's number, go, he's going crazy in quarantine. I guess no, number three. If you want to call me back, feel free. If you got yeah, number three, he's got to have. Well, actually, his wife he, his wife keeps putting him to work because his wife had knee surgery. So he's probably not having a ton of quarantine thoughts, except for maybe grumblings of of the uh, the work he has to do. Um, another another random thought from my friend Alista. Uh, your first birthday is actually your second, so all of us are a year older than we think. So uh, if anyone's depressed out there about how old they are, well, now you're you're a little bit older. Grant, how big of a like Star Wars nerd are you? Oh, very big. I love Star Wars. So um, I, this was my random thought of the day, and this is something I've actually thought about more than once. But uh, <laughs> when it comes to the uh, the dark side. And the Force, so th- th- there there needs to be a little bit of a rebranding here. The Sith really need to rebrand their side of the Force. They, the Jedi simply call it the Force, and who doesn't want to be part of that, right? Like, you're part of the Force when you're a Jedi. Yeah, what do you guys do? We use the Force. Oh, that sounds awesome. How do I become a Jedi? Well, you got to be Force power. you got to have Force powers. Meanwhile, a Sith Lord calls their side of the Force the dark side of the Force, and it's pretty obvious that, the dark side of force is evil. So when you're trying to recruit someone to come to your side, the Sith side, first of all, Sith sounds a little dark, and we can get into that in a minute. But also, hey, so what do you guys do? Oh, we utilize the uh, dark side of the force. Oh, well, um, that actually sounds pretty evil, and I don't know if I want to be a part of that. 
So I, I don't know. It, it, just one of my deep Star Wars thoughts, Grant. <laughs> you're yeah. I think you're going. I think you're going crazy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna think about some Star Wars stuff uh, <laughs> as well. That's probably a productive way to to kill quarantine. You want to talk to number three? Okay. Yeah. Number three. You're on the air. Go ahead. How you doing? Uh, we're we're doing good. We're working out the kinks. We got Grant in here now for for maybe a week or a couple of weeks. We'll see how it goes. So. Um, yeah, this is. You, you, I'll introduce you to Grant. Grant, this is number three. He's uh, he's one of the friends of the show. Number three, nice to meet you. We're keeping Rick safe, so I'm on the front lines. Rick is I'm quarantined, quarantined away. Yeah. Okay, Rick could be safer on 894 bypass, standing out in the middle of the street. Anyway, Rick, aren't you glad that you disinfected the steering wheel on that car you bought from New York? Yeah, I just learned today that uh, you can't just you can't just wipe down the stuff that you disinfect. Uh, I come I came into the quarantine studio that we have, and everything is covered in what is this Clorox bleach like dust because you can't you you have to spray everything down, and then apparently that stuff has to sit on your stuff for five minutes, and whoever is doing this in here just leaves it, and then um, so I'm using like a dusty. Um, it feels like it, there's salt all over the computer, the screen, the mouse. Yeah, it's, it's oh, really kind of... Well, yeah, Clorox is better than Hylix. Clorox is a little bit more potent. Yeah, so if I go to disinfect my car, I just have to spray everything down and then leave it dry, and it's just going to be a whole See what mess. happens when you spray your car down with straight Clorox, you're going to bleach everything out, turns white. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to be... want to use full strength. I'm just going to keep people out of my car because it's just going to be a, a virus infected. Yeah, just you and your girlfriend and Millie. Yeah, and Millie. Millie can't catch it, so she'll be fine. Okay, well, just keep doing like I told you. It'll be all right. All right, thanks for the call. 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Ford talking text line. I guess, Grant, we'll probably take another quick break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. A couple minutes left here in the show, 608-785-7914, if you want to get back in shoot me a text if you want to give us a call sugarloaf ford talking text line uh was going through uh, earlier in the weekend or i guess last weekend i posted just some quarantine thoughts and i thought it would be funny if a lot of people took part in this some some threw some memes up some just threw up their thoughts in general and i'm trying to like skim through these um but my original quarantine thought well it was actually my friend pete just about how many bag how many chocolate chips are in a bag he uh i don't know why pete's going through so many bags of chocolate chips uh because in in the thread then later on like a couple days later he he comes up with another bag of chocolate chips and another number and he's like this is the third bag and i saw he's just my friend pete's just at home counting chocolate chips uh it's something that uh i don't think a whole lot of people although quarantine i don't think a whole lot of people are doing um, texter, texter in here is uh, is mad that people are playing tennis, um, wondering if they could play tennis at Forest Hills but not golf. I'm seeing people playing basketball, tennis, frisbee all over the city. Uh, I think that was I think that yeah they texted that just earlier in the show or earlier today, um, and then just just now they say uh, damn tennis violators. Uh, yeah, I don't tennis seems like a, a pretty safe sport as long as you're not. You know, given the handshake at the net, Grant, or 
Um, you know, given just you, unless that's your roommate too, you guys yeah. can play tennis together. But the idea that you know when we played volleyball, it was always under the net, handshake, high fives. And then when this epidemic started to like the news started to ramp up, but we were still playing volleyball, we're like, oh, no high fives. So, it was, but it's a really hard habit to break. And I guess when people are playing tennis, if it's not a roommate, and even if it is, just you know, avoid the the contact and stay at each end of the court. Yeah, we played a little bit of basketball last week. Me and two friends um, met up and played at a park. So we were outside. Um, and and I, I was fairly comfortable with that. We're shooting around. We're out in the breeze. We weren't, you know, hugging, high-fiving. We weren't playing that close at defense because it's pickup. So I, I feel as though for right now, if you want to go do an outdoor activity with somebody, you're, you're probably okay as long as you're avoiding big crowds and and you're not, you know, touching each other too much. You know, throwing a ball back and forth might be one thing. You know, wash your hands when you're done. Um, as long as you're not getting in a crowded field house with, you know, 20, 30 other people. I feel like people are going to light up the text line and tell you that you're being illegal because you're playing with unknowns. If you're playing with your roommates who you're interacting with every day, yeah, you're good. But if you're playing with, you know... Your friend Bill, who lives you know across town, and he comes in, and it's almost like a well, Bill, who have you been around and infected? You know, because when you're playing basketball, man, you're definitely even if you're not playing defense on each other, yeah, definitely like transmitting. You know, you're de- you're totally breathing on e- breathing on each other. I think that's a that's probably a pretty good way to transmit the virus. I'm telling yeah. you, man, no basketball, Grant. If you if I can't play basketball, you definitely can. No, that was that was last week, and I think a lot of people are just at this point. We're just staying home. If I'm not at work, I've I've been at home watching TV or or just reading and thinking about weird stuff. Like you said, my mind's starting to wander. So that was just one example. I think a lot of people just going for walks. Just, you know, going out and having a nice stroll in the breeze by themselves, that's probably the best way to, to get out and get some fresh air, yeah. get some exercise. I did see this meme, and I'm not going to get it right, but something about now I know why my dog is so excited when I ask if when <laughs> if it wants to go for a walk. Because, man, do we ever – and thank goodness this epidemic, as bad as it was, thanks, thank goodness it's it, it came as spring has sprung because – if this started up in November and we couldn't go outside, we might all really go crazy. Seriously. All right, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for today. Grant and I will be back tomorrow. We'll, we'll do it all over again, and we'll see what we come up with. Thanks a lot, guys.